Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with Plush Care. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. Since 2013, Bombas has donated over 100 million socks, underwear, and T-shirts to those facing homelessness. If we counted those on air, this ad would last over 1,157 days. But if we counted the time it takes to make a donation possible, it would take just a few clicks. Because every time you make a purchase, Bombas donates an item to someone who needs it. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. All right, guys, welcome back to another episode of Creative Source with Andy Osho. This is the podcast about creativity for the creative in you. Doesn't matter where you are on your journey, whether you're starting out, coming back to the arts, you're mid-flow, maybe this is your hobby. This is the conversation for you. And we cover all kinds of topics, all related to just being a creative, working in the arts and living your best life. So first off, as always, thank you to all the contributors that have just been Don's supporting the podcast. I appreciate you. You guys have been incredibly generous and continue to support the podcast when it's available for free. It's a real act of generosity to just go, do you know what? Even even though I don't have to do this, I'm gonna, because it makes a massive difference. It helps to pay for certain costs that come up with running a podcast. The new thing I've introduced is a change to the middle tier where I'm offering mentoring. Uh, So if that is something that appeals to you, head over to Patreon to find out how. There's only three spots. Now, when someone's finished their mentoring, I can obviously have another person come in. And if that person wants to drop down to a lower tier instead of staying at the middle tier price, they can do that. So there's, there's options. There's options, guys. But have a look on the Patreon page and see if that is something that appeals. But anyway, either way, thank you, thank you, thank you to the guys that continue to support on Patreon and for folks that are dropping a few quid into the ACAR supporters tip jar. I appreciate you too. All right. So last week 
we started the conversation about saying yes and saying no. And as I said in that episode, I realized very quickly on that really the big deal is saying no. Saying yes comes with its own challenges and obstacles, but it's relatively straightforward. It felt anyways, from from reading people's comments, it was the no that was the big deal, especially for us as creatives. It comes with a whole bunch of challenges and fears of like, what will happen if I say no? that it will sour relationships, that someone will go elsewhere in the future, that, uh, you know, you won't get that opportunity again, or it could have been the game. It could have been the one. So there were a lot of concerns that we we talked about, but also uh, I touched on the harm that can be done from not saying no, from giving that reactive yes, because of the fear of saying no, rather than it's a, an informed yes. So this week, we're going to talk about the benefits of saying no, the art of saying no, and how to clean up after a no that goes a little bit south. I'm Daniel Lawrence Taylor, and you're listening to Creative Source with Andy Osho. Creative Source. So let's start with a listener comment. This is from Helen Leach, and she says, when I was going through a particularly tough time, I found great strength in saying no. Seriously empowering, Helen says. And I think that 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 could be at the crux of why people struggle with a no is because they may not have empowered themselves or they may not feel empowered enough to say that. But as someone else actually said, let me just see if I can find it. There's another listener comment where the person was saying, ah, here it is. This is from um, Seb, who I know as Basti. He's a friend of mine. He says, ah, the power of no. I mean, even the fact that he's describing it as powers, the no having power is interesting, isn't it? Because we're talking about empowerment. He says, ah, the power of no. I've only really learned this recently. I was pulled in all directions and tried to help people. And I was the only loser in that situation. And it goes to show Um, how important a skill, a tool, a no is for us as creatives, as self-employed artists. There's benefit in saying no, benefit personally to us. But actually, I think I strongly believe that a person who has empowered themselves is a benefit to everybody, because not only are you teaching others that they can too, but you're in a way that I can't quite articulate. I think it supports other people. The person that's asking you, I think that is a gift to them as well. I mean, first of all, it means that there isn't somebody involved in their project who doesn't want to be there, but I think it is actually a gift to them in terms of a sort of a life lesson in a way that, you know, don't assume that everybody wants to do your thing or find a way that um, maybe your invitation was lacking. And that's why you got a no. Do you know what I mean? I think there's there's some benefits for the recipient of the no, as well as the giver of it. But let's look at, you know, what are some of the benefits that we may encounter from, from a no? Well, it allows us to be available for other opportunities. What? I mean, that is, I think, one of the biggest ones. The fact that you said no to this thing means that something that is right for you now has space to come in. And that's something that's 
really challenging, especially as you move along your career and you start to get a degree of success. That I'll take all opportunities attitude doesn't necessarily serve you once you get a bit further down the line. Now, in the previous episode, Earl said something along those lines, basically. He said that when he started out, he said yes to a lot of things, but that as his career progressed, he didn't feel like he needed to say yes to all those things. But it was challenging to say no because, you know, the opportunity was put in front of him and it may have come from somebody that he really likes. And so it is a challenge once you get to a certain degree of success to allow air in between jobs in a way that you wouldn't necessarily have when you started out. Because you notice like some, some artists who are at the top of their game, let's say, they'll work and you, there'll be a big sort of fuss around a project that they have coming out. I mean, let's say, for example, we're talking about a, a, a well-known actor, say it's Issa Rae or something like that. There'll be big a big noise, you know, publicity and stuff around a project that she's got coming out. And then you won't hear or see her again. Now, it doesn't mean that she's not working, but she's allowing airtime between stuff. She obviously doesn't have to grab at everything. She started out with um, her Awkward Black Girl web series. Now, obviously she can say no to, if someone offers her to be in a web series, she can say no to those things now and allow space for other projects to come in. Now that's an extreme example because she probably has been saying no to web series for many years now. But saying no to certain things if she'd been constantly saying, oh, well, I started in web series, so I should always try and keep my hand in. She might not have been able to make those big projects that she's now involved. I mean, she's involved in Hollywood films pretty much all the time and big TV series. And obviously she had five seasons of her own show, Insecure. So saying no allows room for what you really want to do to come in. If your creative life is chocker with stuff, How can the universe put what you really want there if you filled it with stuff that you're kind of indifferent about doing? Or you might be enjoying it, but it's not your ultimate goal. Now, I know that finances are a concern also. So I don't say this ignorantly that it's like, oh, yeah, just sit, uh, sit around for six months and intend your dream job. I know that we all have to put food on the table. So I don't say this flippantly about this making space. But what I'm talking about is when you do start to gain a bit of success and you don't have to grab for every opportunity because it pays. Do you know what I mean? You can start to make choices based on creative need rather than financial. And so saying no allows those opportunities to come in. Saying no also supports your schedule. I mean, what I find, especially in my my world, it feels very reactive. I think it's the acting aspect, actually, where I'm just tum-to-tumming along, I'm writing, I've got a plan, I've got a schedule, and then someone drops in, can you audition for blah, blah, blah? They need it by blah, blah, blah. Oh, man, I was just having a nice time writing my book. and you know. So saying no means that you get to have your, get to dictate your schedule a bit more. Now, sometimes, uh, many times I would say, I obviously do change my schedule and I do do the thing. I do the audition or whatever it is. But if you've got a plan of what you want to do and this opportunity that comes in doesn't work for you, then it helps you maintain your schedule saying no. It gains you respect saying no. Uh, obviously it's the quality of the no, you have to, there's a way of doing it an art, which we will talk about, but you got to respect somebody that just was like, that's not for me. No, thank you. 
even if it's an amazing opportunity uh, and they're like, it just didn't, if, you know, when people make that call based on something other than finances, you just got to give them props. You know what I mean? Like if someone gets offered some incredible opportunity and they're like, like sometimes you, uh, I've seen it where a couple of actors, and I think one is Ed Screen, he was offered um, a role that was originally played by an Asian character, I believe, or an Asian actor. It's an Asian role, played, uh, was previously played by an Asian character, I think. Anyway, he turned it down because he felt it was inappropriate for him as a white guy to play this role. And so he passed on the role and that sort of ended up getting into the press. That is integrity. That is a very powerful no. That is a no that garners respect because it could have been a big payday for him. And he's not so well known that when I say his name to you now, some of you will be like, who? And you'll be Googling it and trying to find, (laughs) trying to find his name. And and I think it was like a Marvel film or some big, it was one of the, part of one of the big universes. And um, he said, no, he said, no, this isn't appropriate. And there have been actors who've taken those roles and uh, roles like that, and they've regretted them, uh, regretted it afterwards because there's been, there's been backlash. And so that makes his no even more powerful because he's just like, I've seen, I've seen, (laughs) I've seen what can happen. I've made a choice for myself. I know what I believe is correct. It's a no, but thank you. What else? Oh, a no could improve the terms of the offer. I mean, what? Now, I'm not saying, you know, give people ultimatums who will make you offers because that game's not necessarily going to work and you have to be willing to walk away. You have to be willing to lose an opportunity if they don't buy it sort of thing. But you can say, look, if someone's offering you way, way less than your than your rate and there's no other redeeming, um, well, even if there is, if, if, if you don't want to do it, because it doesn't match the terms that you expect for yourself, then that no is very powerful. And just like the previous example, gains your respect, man, because then people know, okay, that's where that, that person positions themselves. And sometimes it doesn't work out. Like I was asked to audition for a read through for something. And I went straight to somebody quite senior who was involved in this. I was like, please don't make me audition for this. I'll audition for the show, but I'm not auditioning for a read through when the show hasn't necessarily been commissioned, blah, blah, blah. Anyway, they didn't invite me in, but I felt okay with that decision because I felt like, no, that's not where I want to position myself is someone that's willing to audition for the chance to read in a show that may or may not get commissioned. Um, no, thank you. So the terms may not work for you. And if they don't, it's okay to say, listen, uh, no, thank you. What else? What else? Oh, this is, I think, one of my favorites, uh, favorite benefits of saying no is that it maintains your boundaries. Because what I find with the creative industries is there's a lot of push and pull. There's a lot of intruding energies, not malicious, but that a lot of people also have very strong intent. And that can make us as artists feel pushed and pulled around in so many directions, trying to find the right thing to do quite alone a lot of the time without um, someone who has a real um, objective listening for our situation. Because a lot of people who are listening out for us, like who we, you know, might talk to about stuff, they might have vested interests, like agents and, I don't know, publishers and all kinds of people that are uh, buyers and stuff like that who are involved in our world. So 
there's a lot of energetic influence out there. Energy is trying to push and pull us in different directions. So a no, a no at the right time in the right way can help us maintain our boundaries because that's what we need. Um, I see uh, memes all the time and I, and I think they're always so useful. And one I saw, oh God, I'm going to not do a very good job of remembering this, but basically it was talking about um, healing helps us to boundary up to put in place what we need to, to protect ourselves. And the reason often that we don't have, I mean, this is not what the meme said, it would have been very long otherwise, but basically that when we're not healed, that's when our boundaries can be quite weak. So our heart closes and our boundaries are weak, but when we heal, our heart opens, but our boundaries go up. So that all those influences that can be very strong energies, strong voices, basically. I'm talking about, if you want to say, like, to think of it in practical terms, it's strong voices, strong opinions about what, what we should be doing and how. They get to ping off those boundaries. <laughs> and so no's help to, no's are the masonry, the bricks and mortar of our boundaries. And it's important. Because we are often on our own in this. And so whatever we can do to solidify those boundaries will ultimately support us. So guys, if you are finding that you need support around any of the topics we've been talking about on the show, and you feel like I might be able to give you some solid one-to-one mentoring stroke coaching, head over to Patreon and you will find that in tier two, I think it's called Awesome Sources. Let me have a look. Yes, it's called Flying Sources. In that tier, you can get three half-hour mentoring sessions with me on anything related to creativity. So if that is your jam, head on over to Patreon, check it out, sign up, and we can figure out a time and a place. Well, it'll be online, basically. (laughs) So a Zoom (laughs) where we can work through some of the challenges you may have been facing. I'm here for you. Let's get to the real important part. How the heck do we say no? Because it's not just no, is it? It's not just no, because you want to be able to say no and leave the relationship entirely intact. That's the ideal scenario. So the first thing to say is that you want to take your time, if you can, with making the decision. If you need to as well, sometimes you don't. But uh, what I found um, sometimes is when something comes in and I'm not sure about it, I just take my time with getting back to the person and really explore in myself, how does it sit with me? How does it feel to say yes and then to say no? And I give myself a moment and from there I make my choice. And I don't always get it right. I'm not saying I've got this down, but I think just giving myself that little bit of time can really, really help. When you do that also, I don't know how long you're going to take, but like sometimes it's appropriate to let the person know, oh, let me give me a couple of days to have a think about this and get back to you. And how they react all along the way is really telling of who they are and, uh, you know, who they're going to be to work with. I got an email once from somebody asking me to be involved in a gig. I'm telling you a secret now. So I can't say anything about who they are. But anyway, they asked me to to do a stand-up gig. And as you guys will probably know, I don't do stand-up anymore. I haven't done for about, I don't know, six, seven years. 
But thanks, Dave, uh, the channel Dave, for repeating all my stuff, <laughs> making it look like I still do. But anyway, so they asked me to do a stand-up gig and I let them know. And I always have a, you know, make a little joke about, oh God, if you want the night to be terrible, then yeah, have me on your on your show. But I, I'm afraid I'll stink out the room, you know, so all the best, blah, 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 blah. So I have a some pretty standard reply that I, I give just to let people know, not only can I not do this gig, but I don't do stand-up anymore. So then a person who was copied in, I'm guessing maybe uh, someone who's coordinating the, the gig, basically said something along the lines of, oh, she's not doing stand-up anymore. We'll have to find another black act. And they copied me in by mistake. And so that let me know the whole reason. It wasn't because I'm any good or because they were just looking for their diversity quota. And so, you know, how people react to uh, any every step of the way between the offer and you making your decision is very telling. So pay attention to that. And even if you ask for more time and they're like, no, 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 then that tells you mm, that's going to that's not a one off. That's going to be who they're going to be in your relationship, in your working relationship with them. Say no with integrity and respect. Whoever it is that's offering you this opportunity or job, they've been kind enough to come to you. And if they've asked you in a way, or maybe I should say match their integrity and respect, (laughs) but then don't go low if they've just gone, because sometimes I've had things come through where people haven't even bothered to like check the spelling of my name or something like that. (laughs) So actually maybe matching their integrity and respect is not a good idea because otherwise it would be lower than my own standard, but basically be respectful of them, even if it's a no. Um, be polite. And I always find that um, mitigating words uh, can really help. So, because no is quite hard. Um, Oh, could you do this gig? No, all the best. Um, (laughs) It just feels quite brutal. So if you can find mitigating words, then that can really smooth the path in terms of, um, you know, just maintaining the relationship because that's really what we want. We want it to be, um, the door's closed now, but I, I leave it ajar for future opportunities. That's really what you want your communication with them to to be. So saying things like that doesn't work for me. I won't be able to, you know, whatever it is, um, it won't be possible to da, 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 that type of thing rather than I can't, I don't want to, I, ha- I, I haven't got the time or, or whatever it is. Just give sort of quite gentle language, I would say. I'm I'm assuming this is, um, you know, this is all happening via sort of some written communication because for me, a lot of um, opportunities come via um, email or text, DMs. (laughs) People DM me stuff. I'm just like, please go to my agent. But there you have it. But if it's in person, um, you can still use the same thing. Oh, I'd love to, but I just don't think that can work for me right now. I'd love to, but unfortunately my, my schedule is quite busy. Um, could we talk about this in an, a, another time? You may make, want to make a counter offer. Could we do this another time? You know, depend. I, it, it's, it's hard because it depends what it is. So it's hard to speak, um, generally about every way that you, you might be experiencing this offer, but you get the idea politeness, integrity, respect, mitigating words to soften the no um, so that people feel like, yeah, okay, so this door's closed this time, but there's a, it's open a crack just for, uh, for future possibilities. So one other idea that I wanted to introduce is this notion of 
making whole. And I really like this concept. It was introduced to me working with um, an organization that works with well-being and stuff like that. And it's this idea that when you have an interaction with somebody, they feel whole and complete afterwards. That doesn't necessarily mean giving them what they want or doing what they need you to do, but that they feel the interaction was fair and complete. It's like if you went to a business and they'd, they'd messed up and they put it right, that's making you whole. So it doesn't mean that they'll never make mistakes, but it means that when they do, they own them and they put them right. They take appropriate action to correct the issue or put right the issue. So when are the times when you might need to make something whole after a no? Well, maybe the offer came from a friend and it's not as straightforward as just going, yeah, we've gone another way or whatever. I feel like sometimes, because, you know, especially in comedy, friends will be auditioning for friends. And sometimes to make that whole one might need to just after, you know, the role's gone elsewhere, you might need to go back to that friend and say, listen, I'm really sorry, you were great. But yeah, the other person was just what we were looking for. But your audition was brilliant. Sometimes that's that's necessary. You have to make the call. Sometimes you may need to complete and make whole with somebody because you reversed what was a previous yes. We're allowed to change our mind. Integrity doesn't mean doing something regardless of whether it's going to hurt you ultimately or not. Sometimes you do have to walk back on a yes. And so therefore that may mean you need to make whole with somebody. What that looks like totally depends on the um, situation, but it may be, okay, you owe them a favor now, or you give them a call and just explain the situation a little bit as to what's going on, why you've had to change your decision, or you postpone, you make a new deal with them and, and you rearrange. So, so there's all kinds of um, um, reasons why uh, you may need to make whole on a, or why you may have needed to reverse on a, on a yes. Maybe you've delayed your reply and that's made things difficult for them. You may need to make uh, complete with them on that, make them whole. And when you do do this, it's good to choose the correct means of communication because it's so tempting to to back out of something with a written communication like a text or a dm or an email or whatever but actually if we're really talking about this concept of making whole with somebody making somebody whole in this situation which whatever's arisen around this no it's good to bring a bit of consciousness to the means of communication that you do that with Emails are very easy to hide behind. Sometimes an email is appropriate because sometimes you need a paper trail and you need to write things down and write your thoughts down or get your thoughts straight or whatever. But actually, sometimes it's a phone call. Sometimes that's what's needed. Sometimes it's in person. But also, you know, the interesting thing with this concept of making whole is that you don't want to go overboard. Because one time um, somebody stayed in my place and um, some things weren't quite right when I, when I came back and I let them know and they offered the most like pay for cleaners, do this, da, 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 da. And I was like, no, 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 that's not necessary. But I tell you what, how about we do this? And that was, so, so, so it's, it's a conversation with somebody to find what the thing is that will leave them feeling satisfied that that interaction, that moment, that whatever it is, is complete. And also one doesn't do this thing, this making whole out of guilt, because what can happen is you say no to somebody and then out of guilt, you go, oh, but I'll find someone else for you to do it. And that's like a, that's a bigger headache than if you'd just done the thing itself. Do you know what I mean? So you have to be really careful not to just get into the domain of like guilt, doing things out of guilt. I mean, I've definitely, <laughs> I've definitely done things where uh, like 
I've said no to somebody and then out of guilt, I've extended myself even more than I would have done if I just said yes to the thing. Just, but it's all been guilt driven. So do be mindful of guilt coming in and like making you do the most to try and make, make good on something. And sometimes actually it can be hard work making whole with somebody. It can, you know, be follow up, follow up, phone calls. You may have to offer a favor. You may have to do something for them in the future. You have to figure it out with the other person, right? Guys, if you want to start a conversation about this, just have a look at joining the Creative Source Network, which is a Facebook group where like-minded creative folks will be. And so if you want to carry on this conversation with other listeners, head over to the Facebook group and just comment and share. This week, we're going to have another listener's comment instead of bite-sized advice. And this is from Gwynifer. So let me just grab Gwynifer's comment. Okay. She goes, I have a hard time saying no with friends and in the workplace. Just yesterday, I wasn't taken seriously when I said that I can't do a task on my job. And afterwards, I even got nagged at on why I didn't say that earlier, but I did. So Gwynifer says, my question is, how do I say no when the other person is very persistent? And she also made a comment about not being taken seriously. She made another comment about that. So what I would say is there is an art to saying no. And I think sometimes what we do is we fudge it. We think we've said no, but actually we've given a really fuzzy, foggy, not clear communication. So Gwynifer, in this situation, What is happening is there is some breakdown in communication, but my question, I guess, is where is the breakdown happening? Is it happening with your communication or is it happening with their listening? Now, because they are not here, whoever it is that has communicated to you about this task, I'm going to talk to you. And what I would recommend is you taking responsibility for both sides of the conversation, as in, not that it's your fault, but as in, experiment with being responsible for not only communicating clearly, but for the other person receiving the message. In different cultures, people hold different sides of the conversation responsible for the message being received. In some cultures, they consider the communicator to be the one responsible for the message landing. And in other cultures, like in, I think, Western cultures, we hold the listener responsible for the message landing. So basically, what does that mean? Well, it means that if I say something in a Western culture, if I say something, you don't get it. I think it's your fault for not getting it. <laughs> and I think we can all, as Westerners, sort of those who are listening who are in Western cultures can recognize that. But in other maybe South Asian cultures, the responsibility is taken by the communicator. So they feel like, oh my gosh, I'm sorry. Have I not been clear? So what I would say is, Gwynifer, as an experiment for you, try being both. Or try being responsible for both. Be responsible for the communication, but also for the message landing. What does that look like? It means asking. Is that clear? Have I, have you understood that? Is there anything else you need me to explain? And it's not being difficult, pushy, horrible, rude, or anything like that. It's being responsible for the communication. I've done some training around communication. And what I find is that in our communication, generally, we are so vague 
And when you really listen to people, start to listen to how vague people are in their communications. You ask somebody if they've done something, it's so rare that you'll get a yes or a no. <laughs> you'll get, a, well, what I did was, um, I saw that that, was, um, that needed to be done. So what I've done is I've asked blah, blah, blah. So have you done it? No, is the real answer. But what they're really, they're trying to avoid saying yes and no. So powerful when you can just come out with a yes or a no. And it's very powerful when you can take responsibility for somebody hearing what it is that you need to communicate. So Gwyneth, when people ask you to do something, you can still use the mitigating language that I mentioned earlier. That's not vague as long as you, you don't allow it to get vague. Do you know what I mean? Because, um, you know, the, that doesn't work for me. Uh, you don't want that to turn into that doesn't work for me, but I'll see what I can do. That isn't a no. For That's an example. That doesn't work. So I won't be able to do that. That's a no. So you, you make sure that the other person gets that. So is that, is that okay with you? Do, does that make sense? Do you understand why? And you get from them, I got it. Yes, I get it. Because we often think we've said no and we've been super vague. Um, I once was registering for a program that would, would be three months long, um, intermittently. So not like three months away or whatever, but I auditioned for something that would have clashed with it. And the person who registered me for this program, they were like, why did you audition for something that you knew would clash with? And they said, didn't your agent know that you weren't available? And I said, yes, I told them. And and then they said, well, why did they put you up for this? And I was like, well, because, oh, by my taking that audition, I had sent a mixed message. It had made my, my registration on this course conditional. Oh, but if something else comes up, I'll do it. So that mixed message communicated to my agent, oh, you can keep sending out for stuff. So you have to be really careful of like where subconsciously you're putting out or unconsciously you're putting out these vagaries, these mixed messages, you guys. And also to take the emotion out of your communication. Now, this might mean that you need to take yourself away before you say your no, so that the, the emotional content of your communication is as low as, it, as, as low as possible. Because if you're emotional in the giving of your no, what people will hear is the emotion and not necessarily the no. It's like that thing, you know, they talk about how much of our communication is in body language. Well, it's also in emotional, it's energy and people read energy, whether they know it or not, they can tell. And so you don't want your message to be clouded by an emotional component. One of my favorite things, and I remind myself of all the t- this all the time, is that a friend of mine said once, he says, if you're explaining, you're losing. And remember um, what Kalechi said in the previous episode, she said, no is a full sentence. The more you say in explaining a no, the more you are weakening your position. I'll say that again. The more you say in explaining a no, the more you weaken your position. Because what what all that extra explanation is saying is you doubt your decision and it gives someone an in to change your decision. I'm afraid that won't work for me. Because I do, I, I see myself doing it all the time, especially like when I'm writing, because then you can physically see it. But like uh, if you're, you know, writing an email and I see myself saying no to something and then giving all this blah, blah, blah explanation. And it's like this, is, no one needs this. It's a no. A no is a full sentence. Uh, yeah, sometimes when I, I, I pass on auditions now, I say, um, thank you so much. I mean, I'm not communicating directly with the casting director, but I'll say to my agent, thank you so much, but I'm going to pass on this one. 
And then sometimes my agent will call me and want to know why. And so we'll have a conversation about it. And that's different because then that conversation is about the why. Whereas my original email is just, or my original communication is just no. That's essentially what I'm saying. I find my mitigating language, but but it's essentially a no. So the more you explain, the more you're giving an access point, uh, an entry point for somebody to reverse the no. And if that's what you want, then that's fine. If you want to be talked out of the no, then that's fine. But if you don't, then giving this explanation is just giving somebody a reason to chip away at your, at your choice for yourself, right? Stand your ground. Gwyneth said, um, that was it. In her second comment, she also mentioned um, about what if people are persistent. And I could go into a whole thing about this, but all I will say is this, in terms of somebody being persistent, is their will for how you should spend your time stronger than yours? Now, like I said before, there's a lot of energetic influences, a lot of people pushing and pulling, trying to get us to do things and not do things and be in places and all the rest of it. So we have to stand our ground as creatives. There's no two ways about it. We have to stand our ground because everybody wants to influence what we're up to. And so, as Hal said, and and Abasti as well, actually, no is powerful. Helen said it too. It's power. And so we have to stand our ground. If it's a no, it's a no, it's a no. And we do it with integrity. We are polite. We don't explain. We're not curt either. Like I say, it's not a no. (laughs) It's kind of, that's just not going to work. That's fair, isn't it? Because if, because otherwise, if the other person doesn't hold it as a real decision, like you don't really have a choice, then what are they, they're not asking, they're demanding. Do we want to work with people that make demands of us? I don't. That they don't allow the room for me to come in willingly into an opportunity? They want to insist? Thank you. Anyway, you guys, um, just to remind you that uh, if you would like to have mentoring, one-to-one mentoring, three half-hour sessions with me, head over to Patreon. This is now a tier two flying saucers, right? Because anyway, um, it's a tier two flying saucers offer for you as my very valued patron patrons. If you're already a patron and you want to level up, then you can also do that. You can level up get your mentoring and level back down to the uh, creative sources level. Anyway, head over to Patreon and check it out. You guys, that is the end of this episode. Uh, Next week, we are going to be talking about saying yes. Hooray! Um, But I hope that these episodes about saying no have been really useful for you. And if you want to carry on the conversation, head over to the Facebook group Creative Source Network. Thank you, everybody, for your listener comments. Thank you to Gwynifer. Thank you to uh, Helen for your comments. Thank you to Martin Lumsden for the post-production, to Clydesdale Music for the theme tune, to Anya Stobart for the marketing, for you guys for listening in. Keep creating and living in gratitude and I will see you next time. up. 
What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. I hope you enjoyed that episode of Creative Source. If you're looking for more support with your creative journey, I'm offering one-to-one online mentoring. Perhaps you want to launch a project but don't know where to start. Maybe you've got stuck around a certain issue, need some advice, or just want to bounce ideas around. Whatever it is, I'm here. Just hit the Patreon link in the show notes or go to patreon.com forward slash creative source with Andy Osho to find out more. 